John chapter 8, verse 31. I want to begin a series today entitled Freedom. And I want to begin with this verse. It says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, who believed in him. So if we could turn the lights up a little bit in the house, maybe you could, if you have your Bible, you underline that or you can circle that on your phone or something and just pay attention. The people who believed in him, I want you to just follow the teaching in this. You are truly my disciple. So he's talking to the people who believe in him. These are the people who have believed, confessed that they believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. So they believe. There's salvation there. Amen? There's salvation. There's justification there. But then he says, now you're truly my disciple. Notice the transition. So I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about discipleship now. So you could be saved but not be a disciple. Okay? So you, you could believe in him, but you're not the follower. You're not the disciple. He says, but you're my, truly my disciple if you remain faithful to my teaching. So my disciples do what I say to do. They remain faithful to the teachings that I've taught. And then he says, and you will know the truth. That means that there is truth. And the truth will set you free. I just want you to know that Jesus wants you to be free. He wants you to live in absolute freedom. And the way to freedom, if you notice what he says, the discipleship, you follow my teachings... You will know the truth, and then the truth will set you free. Freedom comes in the following. I want you to understand what John 8 is teaching, that freedom comes in following the teachings of Jesus. If you follow the teachings of Jesus, you will find freedom in your life. He says you'll know the truth. That is, there's one truth. The truth is Jesus. And if you follow the truth... Not if you believe in the truth. That means you believe in Jesus. But if you follow Jesus, you'll find freedom. Okay? It hasn't sunk in yet. So, you can believe in Jesus. You can show up to a church. You can serve in a church and still not have freedom. You can go to heaven and not have freedom on earth. You can have justification. That is, you're justified. You stand righteous before a holy God and have eternal salvation, right? But have no freedom while you are here. Because the freedom comes in the following. So my hope for you in this series is that you would discover freedom. Freedom to follow. Freedom. And what Jesus instructs his disciples is, I want you to be free. And I want you to know the truth that is me. And then I want it to set you free in your life. Okay, I'm already getting excited. I can feel it inside. I'm trying to suppress all these emotions that are going on in me at the moment. Over the next few weeks, I want to talk to you about freedom. And my hope is that you would discover freedom in your life. Amen. All right. So the teaching is going to come out of today. That's just setting up the series, okay? That's just setting up the series. All right. So Galatians chapter one is what we're going to be teaching out of today. And I will read the title to you after we read the verses together. I'm going to read all of the verses one through 10. So bear with me, okay? All right. So Galatians chapter one, verse one, and we're going to read right through 10. Paul, an apostle, sent not for men, 
not by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. Now there's multiple churches he's writing to and he's addressing those that are attending churches, followers of Jesus or trying to at least. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm just letting you know who's writing the letter. I'm I'm talking to you. I'm letting you know why I'm here. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then he gets more personal to them. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So Paul is the one who started these churches in Galatia and they're turning to a different gospel than the gospel that he preached. So I taught you a gospel, but something's changed in your life and you're no longer following that gospel. You've turned to a different gospel. There's only one gospel. There's only one good news. And you're, you're turning away from it. And I'm astonished by it. I can't believe you would do this after all that we've... How are you allowing this to happen in your life? He says, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and they're trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. It says in verse 8, but even... If we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preached to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say it again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel, I love that he repeated himself. That just gave me freedom to repeat myself. Amen. Sometimes uh, you have to do that. You know, you've got to make sure it sinks in. Like, let me repeat myself. And Paul repeats himself. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Now verse 10. This is the message I want to preach from. This is the verse. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? It's a self-reflective question. Now he's kind of being sarcastic, maybe you could say. You think I'm trying to win the approval of people? You think that's what I'm after? Obviously this is what they're saying that he is doing. He's He's a guy who's just trying to win the approval of people. And he's telling them that the Gentile people, you can live a certain way. You don't have to live according to the law. You can live under just grace of God. And it's the law. And it's without the law. And, just, and so they're, they're saying, you're just trying to appease people. You're just trying to win the approval of people. And he says, you think I'm just trying to win the approval of people or of God? And then he makes this statement. He says, or am I trying to please people? He says, if I were still trying, and this is where I want to preach from, to please people, I just, I got so absorbed in this next line. I would not be a servant of Christ. If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. If I kept trying to please people, I can't be a servant of Christ. So I'm a servant of Christ, so I no longer try to please people. I titled the message today, To All My People Pleasers. 
Any people pleasers in the house today? People striving to please people. People pleasers. To all my people pleasers. I just thought that if Jesus were to maybe write the sermon title, for some reason the thought came to he would say to me, and he'd say, to all my people pleasers, I have a message for you today. Amen. To all my people pleasers. People pleasers believe that approval equals value. Trying to please people all the time. You're going to hear me talk about people pleasing all day today in this sermon because I want to talk to all my people pleasers. And if you don't, if you're not a people pleaser, you know a people pleaser. And then you can let them know that they can discover freedom in Christ and not have to please people. To all my people pleasers, I came here today with one message, to free you from pleasing people and choose to live to please one. And I just want you to know that it's a choice you have to make to no longer try to please people, but live to please only one. I want you to think about living your life in such a way, I do not have to please, I'm going to set you free, spouses. I'm not here to, to please my wife. I have to, I'm not here on earth to please my husband. I ain't here to please you. I'm here to please one. Now, don't get that twisted. Because if you're on earth to please one, Jesus, then you will honor your spouse because you're living to please the Lord, not to please your husband. So I'm living to please the Lord. Think about so many different ways and how important it is that we consider today to please one. I'm going to set the people pleasers free. People pleasers strive to please everyone because they're trying ultimately to please themselves. A lot of people pleasers will say, I'm just trying to please people because uh, I'm kind and I'm nice and I'm just, this is who I am. I want to, I just do for people. That's just what I do. But ultimately it's the gratification, the self-gratification that comes from pleasing people. And then the moment you get the recognition, the approval, you all of a sudden feel valuable. And so really it's a self, it's a selfish act. It's, it's a selfish thing. And people pleasers hide it underneath sometimes the banner that they're just doing it because that's just how they are and they just love people. But really it's a, it's really a desire to satisfy something inside themselves. When our guiding force is popularity, we switch gods and you've turned it to idolatry. You know anybody, during middle school and high school or something, people were just striving for popularity. It's always funny, we always go back to middle school and high school and talk about being popular, as if you don't want to be popular anymore. How do you think Facebook and Instagram are making it? Just off teenagers? So many people striving for popularity. Let me show you my latest status update about where I am and what I'm traveling, what I'm doing. Popularity contest. We still can struggle with popularity. I just need to hear amen. We still struggle with popularity. Being known in the neighborhood. Having people come to our house and party and hang out. Being... You know, just being recognized by other people. It can easily become idolatry. 
It's interesting to me that Paul correlates people pleasing to servanthood. He says, if I were still pleasing people, I wouldn't be a servant. He says, if I were still trying to please people, ultimately I would try to serve them. But since I'm not living to please people, I've become a servant of Christ. So when we live to please people, we're living as their servants. Who are you serving? We are living as the servants to people when all we do is try to please people. You know what I know about pleasing people? It's what you know about pleasing people. Finish the line. You can't please. Do you know how you know that? Because you tried to please. At some point in your life, you tried to please everybody, and then you recognize, I can't please everyone. And it's interesting how we go from one spectrum to the other spectrum. You go from, I've been trying to please everybody, and then you'll say to H-E-double-L hockey stick thing, to, you know, all people. Isn't it interesting? Because they get so fed up, they try to please people for so long, and then they just kind of flip the whole script around. And it's like, man, just, it's exhausting. It's exhausting trying to please people. Have you ever been tired trying to please your boss? I'm going to keep hitting home until I get to everybody. (laughs) Trying to please people. Did somebody say amen in the back that's on staff here? (laughs) I got your attention now. You're just trying to please people. You ever try to do this? Try to please your boss? Try to please your work? And you try to work so hard to get them to say good job. And then they don't. And you're frustrated. And you come home and you complain about them. Because all you wanted was their approval. Recognition for the work that you did. Ladies, you ever put on a special dress and got all dolled up just trying to hopefully get him to say something nice to you and then he didn't? Raise your hand. No, don't raise your hand. (laughs) Put your hand down. When did I do that? There's a lunch conversation waiting to happen. <laughs> trying to get the, just trying to get somebody to recognize or to give approval. You ever did something for your dad as a kid? You know, you were, maybe you still are. You trying to get the approval of dad. And it's like, it's not enough. I mean, you went through everything. He's, you're just trying to finally get him to say something to you. Pay attention to you. Turn your way. Many people, many adults can still live trying to seek the approval of their parent. Still waiting for the approval. 20 years later, I believe it's a good chance. 20 years later, there's someone in here today still seeking the approval of their parent. And it's how we can become servants to the people we're trying to please. Paul says, if I were a people pleaser, I wouldn't be a servant of Jesus. John 12 makes this statement, verse 42. says, at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, They would not openly acknowledge their faith 
for fear they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise from God. John 12, 42, verse through 43. I'm going to do what Paul did. I'm going to read the last half of that again because you need to hear it again. At the same time, many, even the leaders, believed. There are people who believed in Jesus. They believed in him. They placed confidence and salvation in him. So this is justification. This is salvation. However, because of the Pharisees, that is other people, they would not openly acknowledge their faith because they feared they'd be put out of the church for they loved human praise more than the praise from God. I think there's a lot of people in our world today, and we can get caught up in this if we're not careful, that we fall in love with human praise more than the praise that comes from God. Think about the amount of dollars for a minute you have spent, we have spent, I have spent, think about this, in times in your life, and when you got that new ride, that's car, in case you didn't know. When you got that, when you, you, sometimes you have to translate. So you got that new thing, and the first thing you want to do, have you ever purchased something like this? And come on, let's be honest. And you thought, man, when they see this, or you purchased it, and you got a little extra dazzle to it, hoping that someone maybe would be like, dang. In high school, did you ever drive your car and and lean back a little? Did you ever do this? Does anyone still lean back a little bit? Did you lean back a little bit? Do you remember this? Do you, you lean back a little and you pull up slowly just trying to get someone to look at your rims? Anybody grow up like this at all? Just me? Am I the only one that still struggles with approval? Is that, am I the only one that's looking for affirmation from people? Am I the only one that struggles? Because I feel like I'm preaching to people who've never tried to please anyone else in their life but Jesus. Why do I feel alone up here? You ever, you ever bought something? I need to talk to the church. Have you, ever, have you ever bought something and you thought about how someone else will respond to what you're buying? Thank you, church. Yes. Yeah, of course. You, you decor your house in a certain way. And then when they don't acknowledge that you got Gucci couches, you're frustrated. <laughs> Do you follow what I'm saying? You bought a $500 purse and no one notices. And so you set it on the table as a centerpiece. <laughs> Am I getting somewhere? I've seen this stuff happen. You raise your pants up just so everyone sees the brand on your shoe. Because if it was a Payless shoe, it's like cover it up as much as possible. Get the bell bottoms on. You understand what I'm saying to you? We do this in our life. Seeking the praise from people. And what John is writing about is this group of people who've fallen in love 
with the praises of people. We have become addicted to the praise of people. We wait for a man or a woman, another person to praise us. When we were children, we waited for our friends to praise us. But my son under the bus got a Tom Brady jersey last night that my brother bought him as a little gift at the game. So he wanted this nice Tom Brady jersey. And so he puts the jersey on, and I'm telling you, the man strutted differently. And he's a seven-year-old. He like, I mean, he carried his water bottle differently. It's like everything changed. And he's got the jersey on today. So we're driving to church. I'm like, bro, why you wore that last night? Why are you wearing a church jersey? Of course, he's just, it's like, leave me alone, Dad. I've got the jersey on. And then he told me, he gets in the van last night. He's like, Dad, I... I'm probably going to wear this when I play football, you know, with the kids in the neighborhood. Because he wants to show off his jersey. What's he looking for? Man, I love that jersey. Praise from people. It's in us from the very beginning is what I'm trying to teach us. And, and John is saying, you haven't outgrown that yet. So you're saved, but you haven't outgrown the praise from people yet. You're still living like a child in your faith because you're still desiring the, you, you still crave the praise of people more than you crave the praise from God. You work so hard to get the approval from your dad, from your mom, from your boss, from your family, from your spouse, from your children, and you work so hard in your life trying to get that recognition, trying to get the praise. Just consider for a moment with me how your life might be if Every single night you went to bed, all you sought after was Jesus saying, well done today. So it's not about salvation today. It's about freedom. Free to please just Jesus. The people from whom we want approval are the people whose words we value the most. If we didn't value their words, then their approval wouldn't matter as much. So what people pleasers want is approval from those who have the loudest voice in their life. Who has the loudest voice in your life? Think about it. For some, social media has the loudest voice in their life. We post, we put stuff out there, hoping to get hearts and likes, recognition, praise. Did anyone notice me? If you live that way, Paul is suggesting as a believer and follower of Jesus, you are still a slave. Because you're living for human praise. And Paul says, I want you to be free. Jesus says, I want you to know the truth. And the truth will set you free. I want you to know the truth about who you really are. I don't care what your boss says about you. I don't care what your spouse says about you. I don't care what your children say about you. I want you to only care what I say about you. And when you get there, 
you'll be free. When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. When you know what I say about you, it doesn't matter how much money you make in your life trying to get the praise. To Jesus, that means nothing. And when you know that truth, that truth will set you free. I want you to be free to all my people pleasers. Who are you waiting to receive approval from? We do all kinds of things to wait for the approval of a man or a woman. Some have been living 20 years, 30 years, some even 50 years seeking the approval of other people waiting for their praise. In middle school, I used to wear Reebok pumps. Do you remember Reebok pumps? Did anybody have Reebok pumps? Remember that? You're like, and then you could tighten up your ankles and be like, I could jump higher. Did you just have to explain it to the Reebok pumps? What are Reebok pumps? You don't have Reebok, man. So Reebok pumps, man, you would, and you put the tongue out and, and I remember wearing shoes like Reebok pumps that oftentimes were so uncomfortable, but they were pumps. Do you remember a hypercolor? Do you remember this? You used to breathe like ah, handprints on your body. Do you remember how the shirt would change? Do you remember that? Wearing stupid clothing, just trying to get somebody to be like. You ever worn something uncomfortable? Have you ever worn something uncomfortable to get a... Have you ever worn something uncomfortable just to get a look? Hmm. Come on. Ladies, you ever worn something uncomfortable just so he's like... And you're like, I can't even breathe right now. We do all kinds of things. About this, you know. See what I'm doing? That's the makeup face, right? Come on, guys, we do the same. We, come on, yeah, just, ooh, yeah. Five minutes before she comes out of the bathroom. Come on, guys, who's ever done that before? Did a couple extra push-ups. Where's my honest men in the room? Who's going down with me? Okay, hey man, in the back, I get you. And we do all kinds of things just to get a, don't we? Yeah. What I didn't realize in my life was, I didn't realize until God began to show me that whenever I seek the approval from people more than I do him, I have made them my master. And I didn't realize that until God began to show me, even throughout the, this past week and over the past several months is preparing for this series that God put in my heart, just how the people were trying to please easily transition to become the master. That's why Paul says, if I was, approving, if I was seeking the approval of people, if I was just seeking their recognition, just trying to get their praise, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. So whoever we're trying to get 
the recognition from. They could become the master. Metallica did a song called Master, Master of Puppets. Do you remember this? Yes? And they, they, the whole song was about drugs and how the drug can become your master. And if you know the lyrics of that song, and if you've heard that song before, I think there's a lot of correlation with how people can become. People can become your master just like a drug could become your master. When all you do is seek their approval and recognition. I'll even mention things like Metallica just to get your attention back up. Metallica, I like this guy. Okay. Am I not trying to win the approval of human beings or of God, or am I trying to please people? Am I still trying to please people? I would not be a servant of Christ. To please, in the Greek word, it means oresko. It means to strive to please or to accommodate oneself to the opinions and desires and interests of others. So the, I'm going to read the definition. Please people. The word please in the Greek language means to strive to please or to accommodate oneself to be to the opinions and desires and interests of others. I'm trying to get the opinion, the desires, and the interests of others. Like I'm so concerned about what they say and what they think. They become the aim in our life. Paul says, my aim in life is not to please people. My aim in life is to please God. So when Paul made daily decisions, his aim was not to get the approval from his peers, his colleagues, his friends. His aim was to please God. I love the fact that Paul says, if I were still trying to please people, meaning I've tried to please people and it didn't work out. He recognizes that he's tried, but he did all that he could. And even as he tried to please everyone, couldn't do it. Talked about that a minute ago. There's a reality that you won't please everyone. You'll exhaust yourself trying to please everybody. There's freedom when you no longer have to live in a way to please people, but you live to please just one. We'll exhaust ourselves trying to please people. We exhaust our wallets trying to please people. And we exhaust our time trying to please people. To all my people pleasers, I hope and I pray that somewhere in this talk you consider for a minute living your life in such a way that you no longer live to please people but live to please only one. Paul says, I've done that. I've tried to please people, but now my life is different. I've been freed from that. I want you to hear Paul's writings when he's writing to this church in Galatia. I've been freed from that. I've tried that before. I used to live prior to my life with Jesus. I used to live this way, but I no longer live that way. I no longer live entangled by what people think about me, what people say about me, trying to get their recognition. I live for one purpose only, to hear one day, well done, good and faithful servant. That's all I'm trying to obtain here. I'm not trying to get more popularity. I'm not trying to get more recognition. I'm not trying to get someone else to turn my way and say something nice to me. I'm not trying to earn uh, the, the approval of a, a, a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle, a coach, a mentor, or a friend or a spouse or a child. Many parents will literally sh- shift their whole moralities or, or basically their morals and their values still trying to win the approval of their own child. Amen. Trying to get a child to, you're a great dad. <laughs> 
You're a great mom. You know, and they'll change certain structures in their own belief systems just to hear a recognition from a child. I wish you'd go home and tell your children today, I got good news for you today. And they say, what? I am not here to please you. I just set you free. Isn't there freedom in that? I'm not here to please you. I'm here to please Jesus. Now, I will take care of you in the way that he told me to take care of you, but I'm not here to be your best friend. Can I set you free, parent? You are not there to be their best friend. Do you think Jesus showed up to be your best friend? Read the Bible. He says some hard things. I mean, yeah, he's a friend. You know what I mean? Like the, like the, the one that just lets us do whatever we want. That's the kind of friend I'm, I'm talking about. You understand? Of course, he's our friend. I know. He calls us friend. We're his friend. I know. But he's an honest friend. That's what I mean by best friend. He's an honest friend. Okay? So be an honest friend to your child. That's what I meant. You know, don't just give them everything they want and, and just try to make them happy in their life and just please them. Be honest with them. I've seen it. I've seen it in youth ministry for eight years. I've seen parents try to become their child's best friend and negate the role of the parent. But see, if they were trying to please God, then they would remember what they're called to do in that relationship, and that is be the authority in their life and train the child the way they should go so they won't depart. But they neglect that, seeking the recognition of their own children, trying to get the approval of their own child. They neglect the greater calling. It can happen so fast. And spouses. It's so easy for married couples to give in to their own morals and beliefs and processes and systems, what they believe that God is calling them to do, all to bring praise and to desire praise and approval from their own spouse. Man, just think about the freedom. On the other side, when you say, I'm here only to please one. So I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you think about me. I'm here to please one. When you go to bed at night, you look for the recognition of only one voice and no one else. I would love for you to be set free from your job tomorrow on Monday when you show up trying to get the recognition, trying to get the promotion, trying to get someone to pay attention, trying to get someone to say good job. And you're just like, I don't have to hear that voice anymore to know I did what I was supposed to do. I just listen to the voice of God say, well done. It's freedom. Did you lead like I wanted you to lead? I know, but your whole staff is complaining about you. Did you lead the way I wanted you to lead? See, as a church leader, it's so easy to try to get caught up in trying to please everyone. But then there's a day where you realize, I can't please everybody. So I've decided to be a pastor in my life who I'm not here to please you. That's why I'll say things to you that I really don't care if it feels like sandpaper. I'm not here to please you. At the end of the day, I've got to stand before the Lord and I hope to hear one day, well done, good and faithful servant. 
servant. I'm not here to please you. I'm not here to make it all comfortable and cozy for you, just to please you. I would exhaust myself if I was trying to please you. It would never happen. I invite you into the same freedom. Paul invites us into that freedom. To live to please only one. When we surrender our life to Jesus and choose to follow him, we switch our allegiance from self-worship to God-worship. Our goal is no longer to please ourselves, but please him instead. Last verse, Colossians 1, 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We've continually asked God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. And I love this last part. And please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Please the Lord in every good way. We find great freedom when we break the grip that people pleasing has on our lives. And the end of every day, one question is relevant to the follower of Jesus. Lord, was I pleasing to you today. I'm not talking about people who are saved. I'm talking about people who are disciples of Christ. When you lay your head at night, when you go to bed and the end of the day is there, Lord, was I pleasing to you today? When you arrive at that place, you will find freedom from people pleasing. I want you to be set free from people pleasing. Andrews, would you come up here for just a minute? I want to pray with you today as we wrap up. And I want you to be freed from pleasing people today. I could send you out at this moment and say, okay, that was a great sermon. I really appreciate that. That was good. I really needed to hear that today because um, I've struggled with that. You know, so it's a thanks. I appreciate that. genuine revelation from the Lord even now in this. If that is what I was after, I would end the message right here. I might have ended it with like a really awesome, funny, cool line, trendy preacher statement. Walked off stage, like you, you know. But then I'd be just trying to get the great sermon today. That's not what I'm after. I want you to be free. I don't want an applause. I just want you to be freed. So the way I know to do that is to invite you to Jesus, the truth, and let him set you free. If today you want to be set free from pleasing people. I want freedom. I want to live my life in such a way that I just try to please the Lord. Maybe it's a confession internally. 
I have been trying to please people. It's got to stop. I've got to start just trying to live to please the Lord. I want to taste the freedom. Maybe it even sounds so foreign to you because it's been so long. I want to taste the freedom of just pleasing the Lord. How amazing it sounds to your ears and to your heart when you think about going to bed just wondering one question. Lord, is that pleasing to you today? When you hear the word, yes, it's like soothing to your soul. Like, job well done today. If you would love to live there, if you need to live there, maybe I should say, and you don't live there, but you want to live there, I want you to be freed. that's you, would you stand up? I'm going to give it a minute because I know that one of the things that people, pastors will say, close your eyes, no one looking around because of the intimidation you could feel with people around you. What if they notice me but that's where the freedom comes in like that's the freedom it's, it could break off of you right now just by standing actually in front of the other believers around you your spouses people around you and you're like I don't want to have to have a conversation about this later on or I don't want somebody to drag me out and talk to me about the Bible I don't want to be able to try this is where the freedom comes in I'm just convinced there's more than just four who need to be freed from pleasing people And I might be wrong. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. I'm giving you a moment. I'm not here for recognition. This is about you and Jesus. We're not counting here. Look how many people we got. So and so and so today. Great. And then I get like more bonus about more people who stand up. This is about you. So everybody close their eyes. Now I'm going to talk to all my people pleasers. <laughs> close your eyes for just a minute. Amen. If you want freedom from pleasing people, stand right where you are. If you need to stand up, stand up. In this moment, you're going to be freed. It starts right now. Amen. stay standing now the ones who stood when the eyes were closed are thinking oh no okay won't you lift your hands like this if you're standing with me if you don't struggle pleasing people and you live only to please the Lord then pray for those around you right now would you lift your hands open and this is just a sign of surrender and we're going to pray this together and I'm going to pray it with you okay so I'm in unison with you I'm like right here with you but we're going to surrender 
approval and pleasing. And from this day, you're just going to commit to the Lord. Lord, I'm going to seek your approval above anyone else's. I'm just going to do what you say. I'm going to go after you. I just care what you say. That's what you're about to say. You're just like, Lord, I just want to please you. I want to ask myself the question every night, did I, did I please you today? Are you pleased with me today? That's where I want to live. All right. You can just look to heaven and just say, Jesus, I want to live to please you and no one else. Today, I make you my master. I'm your servant. I want to live each day to please you. Help me to follow your teachings so that I would know truth and that I would become free from pleasing people. In Jesus' name.